give me the flaccid dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. What an awesome piece, man. I got one. Oh, damn, I got him. You got it. I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Yep. With that beer pour, the uh, it kicks off, I guess, another Monday night edition of Kayak Christian Radio. Here on the Monday Night Kickoff Show, I am your host, Charles Levi, also known as Redfish Chuck, joined always by the uh, man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Pepe Vidal, who continues to rack up tournament placings like it's his job. <laughs> yeah, one of the uh, got lucky this weekend, but um, yeah, man. Good evening, man. Uh, it's been a, a, a good night, you know. Um, other than the storms that we had earlier, but other than that, it's all good. Indeed, it is all good. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. Um, couple, we've got three tournaments that took place this past weekend. Of those three tournaments, we've got uh, one, two, three, a shoot. I didn't even matter why even count. we got a whole pile of Space Coast kayak angler guys that did well this weekend, including yourself with, with the second-place finish. Congratulations on that. Tied, I may add, for first, just on time, came in second. Yeah, right? <laughs> I need to work on my time issue. <laughs> I need to work on that. I called you. I you even know? called you. I'm like, Peppy. What are you doing? You're like, what? You're like, what? <laughs> I'm like, you know what time the tournament ends, right? You're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah, I had told you. Remember, I even sat there and I even told you. When you talked to me, I go, yeah. Um, yeah, I got this red and I got this red. Yeah, I'm just sitting here waiting to upgrade, you know, trying to keep on upgrading, you know, is all. <laughs> because, come on. And what tournament would you ever think, with that many anglers in it, would you think that, you know, uh, two mid-slot reds was going to do me in. You know what I'm saying? Was going to get that for me. <laughs> would have yeah. never, you know, it's one of those things. You just never imagined it. So, of course, I stuck it out all day long. And like like you saw, I checked in at 3.53, something like that, with like, eight, with like seven minutes left till deadline. So, right. <laughs> I mean, just one of those things. What can you do, you know? What can you do? Yeah. But, well, first know, things but, first. Uh, I would like to throw a little shout out out there to anybody who lives in the central Florida area. If you have, if you get approached by a couple of people looking to offload a pile of fishing gear to please, uh, contact myself or Alan Ryland or Peppy or Wade or anybody from the space coast kayaking group, because, uh, a number of people had their, uh, had their stuff stolen the night before the uh, Cars Park tournament from Cars Park. So our, our buddy Wade, uh, the engineer, is usually in uh, the chat room there. He, he was one of the ones that got hit, and he lost all of his combos. Uh, a combo that I, we had donated from KBB Outfitters, that was taken. A couple other folks lost combos, lost GoPros, lost wallets, lost all kinds of stuff. So there's some dirt bags running around in Merritt Island somewhere, and uh, – 
I'm thinking that maybe one night what we need to do, we might need to just set up a little sting out there of our own. Just place some of our stuff out there in kayaks and wait for the perpetrators to come through and take them out with some nunchucks oh. and some Indian burns. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, I know that second night after everything got stolen, uh, I was sleeping in Jake's in Jake's trailer, and um, I was sleeping by the door, and I know he got up like three times in the middle of the night and walked outside. Three times yeah. in the middle of the night he was up walking around. He just did not trust anything now. Now he was getting up in the middle of the night, and he was just walking around. Any little noise that will hear, he'll walk around. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, that's pretty, you know, pretty pretty crappy, you know, if somebody do that kind of crap, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> one on a side note real quick, uh, I'm playing Mr. Mom tonight, so if you end up hearing the kids screaming and yelling in the background, uh, I apologize. Jess got called in to work tonight over at the hospital, so... And with that being I know, said, I know, comes, I know what it feels like. Yeah. Here comes the <laughs> Nugget and Trey Man. So Logan and Trey are now making their way into the... the hello. <laughs> he says hello. Say hello. Say hello, kayak angling world. Hello. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here, here. Oh, yeah. here we go. All right. Yeah, it's a party at the yeah. Levi house. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, kudos to uh, to Alan for Alan and Jennifer for putting on a absolutely tremendous tournament. That that it was it was very well thought out, very well planned. Uh, thank you so much to all the sponsors. You guys in the chat hear anything? Does anybody in the chat hear me? All right. So I guess Chuck, I don't know what happened. I think you guys can hear me. Okay. Don't know what happened there. Hi, Dad. I don't know what. Oh, there yeah, you are. I'm You're back. back. I'm back. <laughs> I was actually talking to the chat room trying to see if they could hear me. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, uh, yeah, guys, seriously. So, um, yeah. Logan ripped the uh, cable cord out of the back of the computer. So that, that was awesome. Anyhow, so, uh, yeah. So thanks so much to all those sponsors that stepped up and uh, donated all those prizes to be given away for the tournament. Um, all those vendors that came out and hung out. Uh, it was really cool. RCI Optics and Fish Skins. And, I mean, it, it was too long of a list to go through everybody, but. Um, it was pretty awesome to uh, see 130 plus guys show up for a <laughs> see 130 something people show up to fish a tournament. Boys, seriously. So, um, but yeah, great, great, sh- uh, great job uh, by Alan. I mean, I know there's a lot of work that goes into any kind of event, let alone something of that size. Um, of course. Uh, We'll do the run through of who did what. Um, of the hundred and thirty some odd participants, this, this is ridiculous. The kids are so loud. Open that door and go outside. Go play in traffic. No, don't really go play in traffic. So, uh, 
of the 130-something people that fished, 18 people brought in fish. This is what I see here. I mean, I know there was a few others that caught fish that, that didn't bring them in. Yeah. <laughs> Trey's agreeing with me. Uh, yes. I guess, I guess in 18th place, D. Kaminsky, 17th place, Greg yes. Janik. Uh, 16th yeah. place, Steve Johnson. Yeah. Trey, please, son, seriously. Uh, 15th place, Eric Junkin. 14th place is Mark Namowitz. 13th place, Steve McInerney. 12th place was Matt Thorne. 11th place was Aaron Barber. 10th place was Steve Holt- Holtke. Sure. 9th place was Damon Wilson. 8th place was Mark Kresick. Seventh place was Eric Ram. Uh, sixth place was Alex Huey. Fifth place was Trey Waller. Fourth place, Greg Berry. Third place, Ty Nelson. Hello, my name is Trey. <laughs> Second place was UPEP. And then first place was Noah Miller. And uh, Noah and Greg fished together all the time. That's, that was first and fourth place. Yeah. Those guys fish together all the time, and they do a great job. Yeah. Trey, seriously, son. And uh, <laughs> Noah fishes out of a Sports Authority version of a kayak, and he went out there and just got it done. Those guys catch fish almost every time they're out there on the water, always catching quality fish. Good night. And uh, it was... Yeah, it's, it was it was definitely a tough day, definitely a tough day. Talk about talk about your day a little bit, Pep. It it was uh you know I spoke to Alan a little bit about it today. We were laughing about it because um, Noah Miller actually won by winning first place. He ended up winning a custom custom sea deck kit for whatever kayak he wants, right? And it was one of those things, you know, that he won that thing and everything like that. And I asked Alan to ask Alan to like, what kayak does Noah have? And he goes, I don't know. I think he's got like a sports authority kayak or something like that. And he started laughing. Like he goes, I, he, Alan goes, man, I sort of felt bad when, when I sort of asked him what kayak he had and all this stuff and everything like that. You know, it was like one of those things. But uh, Noah, I think, told him that he was gonna get, he was gonna upgrade. He was gonna get some other type of kayak. So yeah, he's planning um, on getting a Hobie, good. I think. Yeah, if he gets a Hobie, he should hold on to that to that certificate and just hold on to it until he's got his hobby, you know. I don't use it on something that you're not going to keep, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, yep. But that was pretty cool that, that you know, that he ended up getting that, that kit. But, uh, yeah, my day, um, let me tell you about my day on Saturday. It ended up starting out with the whole thing, waking up after, okay, started out on Friday night. Friday night. Started out having a good old time at captain's meeting, the whole stuff, hanging out with everybody. I was drinking Bloody Marys all night. Well, something, I don't know what happened, went to sleep and all this stuff and everything. Um, put the alarm on. Alarm didn't wake up. I didn't, I, I didn't hear the alarm. Uh, um, Jake wakes me up. I wake up kind of late, the whole stuff. Then Wade... Is outside the trailer, and I hear Wade, you know, coming up to me and telling me they stole all my stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do you mean they stole all your stuff? He goes, yeah, they stole all my rods from my truck and the whole stuff. Immediately, I ran to my truck and uh, checked my truck, and nothing, you know, there was uh, there was nothing taken from my truck. So, so I, you know, I was 
I guess they didn't go into trucks and take anything from trucks. If you left anything outside of your truck or anything like that, or on top of your boat or anything like that, they were taking it. So, so I was okay with that. Then all that stuff was going on. I didn't even feel like fishing anymore to, when all this was going on and stuff, whatever. But I had to go and do my stuff. Packed up my stuff, got my sandwich, the whole stuff and everything like that. Going to cooler. And I go into cooler, I had a headache. I had a headache since I woke up in the morning. I had the biggest headache. Check the cooler. There's my bottle of vodka inside the cooler. Empty. <laughs> empty. Empty bottle of vodka. Yeah. So I was like, holy cow. And I'm sitting there going, did I drink all this stuff? And all these guys are going, yeah, Pep, you drank the whole bottle of vodka last night. And I was starting to go, man, I go, no wonder I got this headache going on. <laughs> and then uh, I said, well, I always fish better. I usually fish better when I got a hangover anyway, so let's go. You know, I just, uh, and I took off at that time in the morning, uh, got to my launch spot like around 6.30 in the morning, already running late, the whole stuff. Wind's blowing out of the west already. Um, and get out there, you know, and, and Sean Emerith was out there with me, um, him and his buddy Chris. And we go out to our to the area and stuff like that, I sort of tell him a little bit what the fish have been doing in this certain area and stuff like that, what the fish had, how they've been behaving and stuff and the whole stuff, what color they've been eating. And we get out there and sure enough, man, that wind's making everything tough, man. It's making it tough. But, you know, come around the corner to a certain area, I see a tailing fish. You know, when I saw that tailing fish, I saw a pretty nice tailing fish, you know, and I saw it and I go, ooh, man, I saw this fish there. I uh, throw something at it when I threw uh, I threw a pearl SSB at it, and when I threw that pearl SSB, he hammered it. When he hammered it and I start fighting it, you know, it did a head shake in the air. When it did that head shake, I already knew it was a trout. You know, like oh man, that's not what I want right now. You know, sure enough, pull that trout in. It's pushing, it's pushing somewhere. I didn't measure it because I didn't want to waste time measuring, but 27, 28 inches easily. Another big trout I caught there so took a quick selfie with that one released that kept on fishing sean was right there with me and stuff found some bait found some 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 reds where they were sort of working an area of uh, a little trough area they were working the reds were working this one area there fished that real tough to get anything got another another i got a rat red in that area um kept on moving around and the wind really picked up man it was tough Chuck. it was really a tough day man as far as fishing-wise and, and trying to find fish and stuff and did all that, you know, fished a bunch of areas to no avail, and then all of a sudden I tell Sean, I go, all we got left to do now is like around 11 o'clock in the morning, I told him, I go, what we got to do now is go out there to those to those big clumps of grass that are out there, those big clumps of grass, and just work those clumps of grass. These redfish like to hang out around these big clumps of grass. I go, that's the only only thing we could do now, I mean, that's that's about it, and work our way back. I mean, we got nothing else to do. And sure enough, man, got into those clumps of grass, and I found a trough in between two clumps of grass that had about three feet of water, probably three foot depth in between the clumps, so there was a good little highway there. Started working that, sat there for a while, and to know, you know, I sat there casting for about 15, 20 minutes, staked out with my power pool, and nothing, 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 nothing. Got tired of casting. I said, ah, and I grabbed the phone, got on my phone, started playing on Facebook a little bit there, started seeing what was going on, the whole stuff about all the, you know, start trying to see what was going on with all the thefts and everything. Decided to pick up the rod again. First cast I throw out, boom, hook up to a mid, you know, mid-slot red. 
right there, first cast that I threw out while I was sitting there for 15 minutes doing nothing. <laughs> so, so catch that one, Pro SSB, same thing there. And then uh, about an hour later, same thing on another clump of grass, ended up hooking up with another mid-slot red. So those were the two reds that I, that I checked in. Now, the real crazy thing that happened to me was what I told you about. What was really crazy was after those two reds that I got those two reds, I'm working, uh, working some more clumps of grass. I see a big tail pop up. I mean a big tail. This tail, this fish is doing a headstand, and I mean it's one of those big whopper tails. And I see him. I set up perfectly fine, did the whole thing, got my pearl SSB, and I mean gushed it, gushed it with procure. I mean as much procure as you could get on it. That's what I had on it. Um, tossed it out there, one cast, nothing, second cast, nothing, third cast, bam, hook up. But I hooked up, and I got the fish off, but it's not the same fish that I saw tailing. It doesn't feel as big as the fish I saw tailing. And I started reeling them in, and sure enough, I noticed a trout. It's like a 20-inch trout. I'm moving in this 20-inch trout. There's something brown coming behind it, big, something big brown coming behind it. I get that trout right next to the boat, and here's this big redfish. I mean, big 30-some, high 30s to 40-inch redfish trying to hammer that trout right next to my boat. Ah. I mean, he is hammering the trout. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there, and he's soaking me. He's getting me all wet because he is just splashing trying to catch that trout. And I even, you know, I was, the trout's sitting in the water, and I guess he missed the trout. He just missed the trout a couple times and didn't get it and stuff. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, dude, I've never had that happen to me before, you know, freaking out. And at the same time, I'm kind of mad because that's the the fish I wanted to catch, you know. That's the one I was looking to catch. So that happened, whatever. I released a trout and everything like that, and that was the end of my day until the storms got me, you know. And I checked, like I said, I checked in real late. Um, I asked Alan later on when I come back because it's not in the room, something like that. So that artificial only tournament, so I asked Alan, I go, so. If I'm throwing a, an artificial bait out there, and I catch a trout, and that trout gets eaten by a bigger fish, and I catch that bigger fish, does it count? <laughs> and, yeah. and he sat there thinking about it, too, and he goes, you know what? He goes, I would say it counts because the thing is, your, your, your original bait was an artificial bait. And, and, you know, what happens, happens when you throw that artificial bait. You know, that's what he was saying. I go, yeah, man. I goes, I was, he goes, I even told, I asked him, I go, man, I'm wondering what would happen in that situation because you never see that kind of stuff. You know, that's, you rarely see that. I mean, I know you've had it done to you. You've, you've seen that before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, had, I've had it happen only only a couple of times. And uh, the most recent time it was a, on a 17 or 18 inch red, uh, redfish that was about to get eaten by a, uh, I don't even know, man. Forty something, forty-five something inch redfish. It was crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. That that is the freakiest thing in the world. When I'm pulling in that trout, you see this big brown thing coming at you behind it. I'm wondering. I'm looking at it, going, "What is? What is coming? What is that brown thing behind it?" And all of a sudden, I go, "Oh my god, dude! This this the freaking fish that I saw tailing." You know, it's like I can't believe this. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Good job on the day, though, man. I mean, it's, it's in, again in those situations, uh, with with the wind being the way that it was, it was a tough day, obviously for everybody. Um, you know, you you did a good job, man. As always.
Just, you know, it's one of those things, Chuck, it's one of those things tough, man. It's one of those tough days and you just throw everything. It, when it's days like that on tournament fishing, man, like that, it, you just got to throw everything that you have in your arsenal out there. You know what I'm saying? Everything that you know, you know, just about. I was doing, I tried just about everything. You know what I'm saying? That, that, yeah. In order to catch those fish. I mean, it's, it, it was a tough day. I mean, Sean, that Sean Amaret, that's a guy on the West Coast, knows how to fish. And Sean didn't catch squat, you know what I'm saying? And he's sitting there going, you know, he's freaking out because I'm fishing right next to him. I'm catching fish. But then he's like, I can't believe this. I suck and all this stuff. And I'm like, Sean, dude, it's one of those days. It's, it's, it's just pure luck today. I mean, it's one of those days, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a tough, just a tough condition. I mean, it was, it was, it was ridiculously tough conditions. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, look, look, I mean, not that not that I should have done well or anything, but uh, I I skunked out and I mean I was off the water early, but I skunked out. I mean, I, I kind of like you. I had a game plan uh, set that I wanted to do. I went and I looked at the water. I knew the wind was blowing a little harder than I had anticipated, but I figured it would die off a little bit as the sun got up, as it usually does this time of year, and uh, it didn't happen. It got it got worse. And uh, yeah. First thing in the morning, I found a group of tails. They weren't interested. And then I found another group of – I think it might have been the same group of fish ended up popping up again. And then they got they got run over by two guys in kayaks that obviously didn't see them. And then, uh, yeah, whatever. And then – and so, you know, I cruised on down to one of the spots that I like to try and hit now. It's been, it's been real productive for me. And um, I looked over, and there was three or four kayakers coming out of this one spot. And two or three more up ahead of him. I think was one of them was you and, and your buddies. And then, so I looked ahead of that and I seen a couple of, of flats boats and look, what looked like a, a little guinea that was working. And I'm like, my goodness. So I turned around and went back, kind of back, kind of backpedaled to an area that I'd never fished before from a kayak, but I'd fished it plenty of times from a skiff. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I might be able to pull something out over there, went over there. And then Alan called me. And when Alan called me and told me about what had happened over the nighttime, um, that pretty much put a damper on my day. I mean, uh, I was definitely not in the mood to sit out there and fish, knowing full well that there was a bunch of guys that weren't able to do it, you know, because they had their stuff stolen. What, Logan? I see it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely, definitely challenging for sure. Uh, I was I was a little bit disappointed that I couldn't get any of those tail and fish first thing in the morning to eat. I figured when I saw that dude, it was like six fifteen. It was like six fifteen, and I figured, man, if I can get a fish now, <laughs> I'm going to feel pretty good having the rest of the day to get another one, you know, or even upgrade from that one. And uh, but it just wasn't to be. But like I said, um, that's fishing, you know. It's it's. Uh, that's what we love about the sport is what keeps us coming back is the days where you go out there and, you know, you just have a bad day and, and, you know, makes you angry, makes you go back out there and rip faces off a little bit harder next time. But, uh, again, congratulations to all those folks who, uh, who did man, who did manage to catch a couple fish or, you know, a fish. And then, um, some other mentions here, youth angler was Hunter Altman, um, the fly category winner, by by uh, process of a of a drawing because none of us brought in any fish. Um, Steve Farrell, uh, spot winner, was uh, Eric Ram, and then you uh, tied him. 
son, please. Um, and what, what was crazy is the fact that, you know, you, I think Eric, where did Eric finish? I think Eric finished seventh. He did. Eric Ram finished seventh. You finished second. Both of you guys had to fish with three spots on one side. Um, Eric won the jackpot of $810 and uh, because he beat you in on time, but you still walked yep. away with a, with a killer, uh, killer prize. What did you end up with that one? Did you get a bull bay rod for that? Yeah, I ended up getting, uh, I think I got one of the tactical uh, yeah. bull bay rods, I think. Yeah. That's what I ended up getting. Yeah, really nice rod. Take it to you, brother. So, yeah, it was, uh, that was pretty awesome. And then let's see what else is going down. I don't know, man. But it was fun, fun time had by all. I know I had a great time, as I always do whenever you get the Space Coast Kayaking crew together. Yep, yep. Let me tell you, that tournament went off like I was talking to Alan about it, and that tournament went off without a hitch. I mean, that tournament was awesome. It, it, it you could not have asked for a better tournament. The way it turned out, the way the people. I mean, just the. There was no complaints. I mean, everything was great other than the fest. You know, the whole thing of the fest thing, that, that was, you know, that was the downer of the whole tournament. But other than that, that tournament was perfect. There was no complaints. I mean, it went, it went off, like we were saying, it was, it was well-organized. You know, well-organized, well-run, perfect. And I think the next one, I told Alan, I go, I think the next one could be even bigger. To tell the truth. So... If it's not on the IFA weekend, I think, if it's not on the IFA weekend, Chuck, I actually think this tournament would have had easily 150 to 160 anglers, I think, if it wasn't on the same weekend. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, but look what, look at the, the, the place. That's the thing about it is it's, it's a car's park. So, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with the boondoggles, you know. You know you're going to have a big crowd at, at the boondoggles because it's car's park and you're on the shores of the Banana River, you're hop, skipping, and jump away from the Indian and the Mosquito Lagoon. So it, it's the perfect place to have a tournament, for sure. Yep. Yep. Cool. Well, from there, uh, I, don't, I never really got much of the results from the, uh, the extreme tournament down south. I heard it was really slow. I, and Chuck, I was wondering who won. I don't even know who won. I've been trying to look to see who won that tournament. I don't even know who won. Uh, watch the chat room, see if Ed puts it up or Mike puts it up. They, those guys went down there. Um, we'll talk about that tournament here in a second, but let, let's jump over here real quick to our boy. The uh, I've got a new nickname for him, and hold on. i got to see if I have – I may have some kind of theme music I can welcome him in with because this guy – let's see. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, this this will work anyways. Whatever, this is kind of lame, but it'll work. Ladies and gentlemen, the prodigy, the champ is here. The champ is here. <laughs> oh my Justin, God, dude! <laughs> Justin Ritchie, Just, Justin Ritchie. Coming off his huge win up in Jacksonville, the IFA tournament. Yeah. Taking home the top prize with 61 inches of fish. Parking in a ditch the day before. That you ditch know. was good luck, man. That was that it was, was a, that's truth right there. Justin dusts <laughs> his shoulders off. He's like, I just dust my shoulders off. You know, parking a ditch, no big whoop. That's how I do. 
goes out the next day, owns it, runs it to Jacksonville, wins the IFA tournament up in Jacksonville, and now has a seat to go fish the Hobie Worlds in Amsterdam. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, dude. Yes. I I'm, I still get goosebumps every time I think about it, man. It didn't, you know, like when something crazy happens to you in life and it doesn't set in until the next day and you're like, holy crap, this just happened. <laughs> like at, at the award ceremony, I'm standing there and you know that moment where you're standing at a tournament and then you hear the tournament director say, all right, everybody gather around, we're going to talk about the results and you literally start feeling every single heartbeat until they get to the point where, you know, they call your name at some point in the roster. That's what it was like. And then by the time I came up and shook Eric Shelby's hand and uh, and talked a little bit about how my day went, I kind of calmed down and just realized, you know, it was just a it's just a really good day of fishing, <laughs> especially coming off of what happened Saturday with everybody. Um, the whole weekend is just I'm going to remember it the rest of my life. Like I love all you guys. I love everybody in Space Coast hanging out with people, getting the beer, just chatting, catching up a little bit, talking, telling fishing stories. I got a chance to meet uh, Stephen Lester with Wild Florida Outdoors. Guy's really, really cool, really quiet, humble person. I was able to crash at his place Friday and rig and chat a little bit. Um, you know, that's that's what keeps me going and doing all this. Like, that's that makes me happier than, than taking first place or winning money or any of that. It's just knowing that I get a chance to, to catch up with everybody. That, that's, that's the best part about the whole weekend. But um, it all started off coming out, doing the captain's meeting, getting to meet everyone, chatting a little bit, and I got to talk with um, Dustin Phillips at Bull Bay. I've been eyeing a Bull Bay rod for like three or four years. Since the first time I saw it, they came out to a gumbo palooza a couple years ago, and uh, I played with the regular tournament rods, that, that cork one with the uh, – got the silver reel seat and their emblem on the inside. And then I played with the Taxi Series one. And uh, I, I was pretty much sold. I was like, you know, I need to get this. I got a bonus from work. I'm going to buy this rod. This is what I want to use smarter in the tournament. Like, I'm having a good time. Let me just let me just get it. And it ended up being good luck later on. But Saturday was a bust for a lot of people. Uh, the weather just didn't cooperate. I ended up trying to get out of the wind on the west shoreline of the river and covered probably five or six miles. I didn't even see a single red the whole day in the river. It was it was really sad. I had found fish earlier in the week and found a couple tails and a bunch of big, thick, grassy island-like, I don't know, patches that just popped up. <clears throat> and checked it out wasn't happening, picked up, moved over to WSEG just to get out on Tiger and roam around. There's always fish on Tiger at some point of the day. And uh, as I go to park, I take my kayak off, take all my gear out, I load my kayak, and I see some other guys launching there too. I go to park my car, and all the parking spots were full, so you have to drive up the dirt road for just a second and pull off the side of the road. And there were a couple trucks already pulled there. There's a spot in between two trucks. So I go and I pull into that one spot. And sure enough, it's the only spot that had a giant pit hole in it. And I, I, my whole SUV flies forward. 
I'm sitting on my undercarriage and my chassis. My front right wheel's off the ground by like a foot and a half. My back left wheel's off the ground by like three feet. I'm literally tottering on the edge of this hole. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm done for the day. I can't find fish. Car is toast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fish. My kayak's unloaded. You know what? I'll handle this later. So I just lock the car. I leave it be. I'm like, I don't care. So I get out on the water, and didn't. I saw two fish, spooked them right off the bat, and that was it for the whole day. But thank God for Steve. Uh, I call Steve again, and I'm like, hey, man, I hate to ruin your day. I feel like I've been asking a lot of you, sleeping at your place, but can you can you come get me? <laughs> you come tow me out of this hole, man. I, I don't have any, like, I've had one truck pass by me, and he pretty much laughed at me. Nobody's helping me out here. So he, he swung out of his way, pulled me out of the ditch. Uh, we laughed about it, and then came to the ceremonies and chit-chat with everybody, found out everybody had a hard time. It just, you know, I'm surprised, like, where you guys went and where you were checking out. I, I figured, man, they, they had a good idea, too. Halfway through my day, I'm like, I don't know if I should go out there, but I was surprised. I, I thought you guys were good on fish, too. Oh. Well, we were, you're saying? I don't know yeah. how to fish. Like, I don't know how to fish. I just pretend. Just, they're running. They're running scared, Chuck. Like you know. No bull like, crap, oh, dude. I can't Listen. handle it. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, Justin. The area where I was, there was fish there. There was fish there. It was just one of those days. It's tough conditions. If the conditions are not right, the conditions are the way they were. You are not sight fishing. I mean, it was one of those things. You pretty much got to know where the fish want to be in order to find them. It was. It was that kind of situation. They were there, though. I know they were there. Because I did see some some fish I did see, but you know I know they were there. It's just it's just a real tough situation. But I, Sunday you had better conditions, right? Oh my God, Sunday was totally different. The winds weren't nearly as bad. It was a lot sunnier. Um, we had to run up to Jack Saturday night, get our token, run back down to Orlando, crash for the night, then head over and uh, and fish our spot. Um, I know Ty. I gotta give a shout out to Ty. The guy knows what he's doing. He's a real good fisherman, and he's doing the right things on social media. And he's starting up his web page. Uh, it's called Shallow Waters, and he's he's been on fish. He did well in this tournament and in previous tournaments. And I thought, oh, well, I didn't get on anything Saturday, so you know I'm just gonna fish next to Ty. Maybe I'll find something. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a lot calmer. Uh, still out of the west got out, and it was super sunny all day. Like, you could just see the flat for, for miles, man. It, it was really nice come 10 in the morning. But we get out, and I saw a couple fish cruising around. I missed a good shot at one. Ended up getting a 24-incher. I thought, okay, that's a good start. You know, I'll, I'll get a trout later on. I don't, I don't care if it's an 18-inch yeah. trout. I'll get something. I feel like it's being tough for everybody in Jacksonville right now kind of heard through the grapevine that people are having a hard time finding trout in Jacksonville, so I felt good saying, you know, if I got a 20 or 22-inch fish, I'll probably be doing pretty good. Um, and Ty was explaining to me that in the area we were, he said, there's there's always trout here, and they're on this section of shoreline, and it's just a ton of sand, because it's this giant sand flat, and these fish are just running rampant all over the area. And uh, I was kind of confused, because when you think going for big trout, you're thinking these, like, perfect potholes, like potholes that are just big enough to hold a 27-inch fish and, you know, casting over potholes and watching them ambush stuff and almost seeing them. And I get out to where he wanted to go, and it's just, like, barren nothingness. 
there's a couple of patches of grass, like, I don't know, the size of a king-size bed here and there, and that's it. And I'm like, dude, there's no fish on this flat. Like, there's nothing that's going to hold these fish here. Sure enough, I started spooking big fish. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to get upwind. I'm going to cast way down into these flats, just do, like, real long bomb casts, and I'll pick off one fish that way. So as I'm pedaling upwind, off of that area, kind of a little deeper water, like two and a half, three feet, boom, I pop up this school of like 50 fish that are, I don't know, they're all close to 40 inches, and some are probably over. And I I was like, all right, that's that's exactly what I need. I, you know, I didn't see them coming. They were kind of spooked. They I backed off a little bit. I pedaled out of the way and just watched them and watched them slowly come off of their hump, and they calmed down, and, and I stood up, the sun was high enough to where I could see every single fish in the school. Their peck fins were stretched out. They were fired up. I mean, bright, bright red. I knew I knew somebody in that group was going to eat if I got one good shot. So the school split up, and three-quarters of them went south away from me. And like five or six fish kind of moseyed over to a deep pothole and just sat there. And I was like, all right, perfect. So I pitched ahead. Uh, Ricky Banks is coming out with a new shrimp lure. Banks has a, something called a pimpin' shrimp. And I'm, we're in the process of testing out a couple different colors, so I got a chance to try out pearl. Uh, I'm a big white fan. I like throwing white 90% of the time I'm on the water because I can see my bait all the time when it's in the flat, so I can see if something's picking it up. Um, so I pitch ahead. I bring it way, way out of the strike zone, and I, I pull it into range, and I, I see them slowly creep over to it. And when they got right inside of it, one little twitch, and I felt something pick it up. So I go to set the hook. It's on my new bull bay rod, and I, I'm, I set the hook, and it feels like I just set it into a rock. The fish didn't take off. They didn't spook. I'm like, I had to set it like two and three times, and I pulled myself over to these fish, and they kind of, like, they realized, ah, eh, something's not right, and they kind of gently cruised off the flat until they saw me, and then they bolted. And the one fish I had hooked up was still sitting there, with with the bait in its mouth, just just looking around like, oh, why did everybody leave me? I don't understand what's going on. He had no clue he was hooked. Like <laughs> he was just he was just that big. He could not. It felt like a like a fly just biting his face. Like God, this is annoying. Get out of my face. He didn't, he didn't know what was going on. He didn't know up from down. So go and I get a good hook set in him. He takes off. I get it in. Ends up being a 36 inch fish. I I just I couldn't believe getting a, a fish that size on tournament day. Uh, like, I feel like other people fish this area on Saturday and nobody bumped up a school. So I just got really lucky. Um, so I got my fish in. Ty helped me out in measurements, let it go. And in the next 15 minutes, <clears throat> boom, I get my, my 25-inch trout. So by 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I was done. I had 61 inches. I was like, all right, I can just kind of sit back a little bit Maybe I'll bump the school up again and help Ty get on a fish or something, and, and you know we'll make up the jacks and see how we do. <clears throat> and I had this gut feeling the whole time, you know, when you have to sit for four or five hours knowing that you did really well, wondering if you know if you were gonna take first or not, kind of turns your stomach. Like I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink. Um, you know, driving 85, 90 the whole way up to jacks, and Ty's like, "Whoa, you need you need to calm down, man." And I'm like, "No, the spaz is coming out." Spaz is out full speed right now. Stop. <laughs> it got a little weird driving up. But I'm pretty sure when I got that trout, everybody in Titusville heard me. 
uh, I, I think I, I invented a couple cuss words that day. It was pretty cool. Um, and, yeah, I get up there, and I find out most of the Jacksonville people didn't even weigh in. I think there were 60 entrants, and only 22 people checked in fish. I mean, the heavy hitters like, like Eddie Kabler and Rory Gregg and other guys that I was concerned about, they just didn't show up. I was surprised. I was like, ah, what happened out here? Was the weather bad? And everyone's like, no, weather was pretty good. We just we just couldn't find trout. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> I had a gut feeling the whole time that I was going to be the contender. Um, and, you know, just standing up there and finally hearing my name called up. And at that point, I'm just like, you know, this this weekend has been so crazy. I didn't I didn't expect any of this. I didn't expect to to find fish. You know, I come from one day to the next in the lagoon. Like Chuck, you and I have talked about it when I was prepping for the IFA boat tour. We were talking about how, you know, if water levels change like three or four inches in a period of a week, these fish act totally different. You know, the places, the lagoon and the river are so humbling some days. You know, where you go out one day in certain conditions and there's nothing. You go out the next day in the same conditions and boom, there's fish. There's, yep. You know, they have, they're always moving around. So right place, right time, 90% luck, 10% skill kind of thing. It's just, it's so crazy, man. That's awesome. Now, Justin, let me ask you a question. Uh, you, uh, that's yeah. what I was, I was going to ask you, even though you mentioned it already, that Ty helped you out met, taking pictures and stuff. Because I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, so tell me your experience on trying to measure a 36-inch redfish and taking a picture of him because I've been through that, and it's not easy. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, it is. Yeah. Dude, it is like, first of all, everybody, everybody that's serious about doing tournaments, um, you've got to invest in building a quality tournament board. And for me, I, I have a decent board. I built it a while ago, but... I got to put some bungees on it or some like some paracord or something because when you have your fish on the board it's you know it's slimy it's going to slide all over the place you can't you can't hold it still um you know and then the wind's howling like 10 to 15 sometimes and you're blowing around in circles and you try to get your camera on your phone or your DSLR high enough to where you can get the whole fish in the picture but you can't even see your camera <laughs> So how do you hold your fish and look at your camera and make sure the sunlight's on the tail and the head and make sure your tokens it like it, it gets it gets really frustrating out there. So you know I asked that with Eric Shelby the night before. I said, hey man, listen, I got DQ'd at your first event, okay? Like I, I'm gonna make sure I do everything by the book and I'm gonna ask you, may I have assistance from another angler on the water help me measure a fish if it's too big? He goes, yes, you know. <laughs> You can you can get away with doing that. You know, we're not going to DQ you. I'm like, all right, I'm going to hold you to that, man. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to play any games. <laughs> so, you did the right thing, enough, though, man. Yeah, oh, I was so scared. I read the rules like two and three times driving up. I'm like, did I do everything right? <laughs> I have my vest on. I do everything okay? <laughs> um, but, no, Ty, Ty was a trooper, man. He... he he actually had no idea I was hooked up the whole time. I was I was yelling at him. I'm like, Ty Nelson. I'm just screaming at him. He couldn't hear me. He was camped out like a quarter of a mile away from me and I had to I had to try to get the fish on the board and, and thank God I had pedals. I was able to really carefully keep the fish on the grippers and pedal it and keep it in the water the whole time and head over to Ty and get a measurement and let her go, no problem. But 
And if you were paddling, it would be so tough to to do that by yourself. You know, you'd have the fish in and out of water so many times that, you know, the survival of the fish would be so slim. It just It's another reason why I'm, I'm happy being in my boat, you know. You, you need pedals in a lot of times like this, especially when it's windy out. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll tell yeah. you, I'll, I'll tell you from experience, uh, fishing alongside of some folks during tournaments is not always a bad thing, especially if you have a real good uh, understanding of each other's skills or each other's, uh, you know, uh, style of fishing, especially like I, I think Peppy could attest that one fish that Peppy caught during a tournament at Cars Park, <laughs> if uh, that was like yeah. right off the launch. If I oh, had yeah, been... I, was, I was there with you, Peppy. Like you, it was you, me, and Alan, and you hooked up. And at the time, I was like, "God dang it, I need to get one." <laughs> so I didn't help. No, you. that was another one. That yeah, that was, was another just, one. That was another tournament. Yeah, that was a different. Fish. Oh, okay. This that one. That was this another one, tournament. Yeah. This one, uh, I had gone all the way up to the bridge, and I had the strangest day of tournament fishing I've ever had in my entire life, where I caught three black drum on soft plastics. And couldn't oh, catch a redfish and save my that. life. Yeah, so I come all the way back. I meet up with Peppy, and of course, Peppy and I are going to BS and whatever the way on the way back. And he sees this big fish push off, whatever hooks it. He's got it coming to him, and he's freaking out because the thing is huge. And he's like, "Dude, I, he's going to spool me!" <laughs> he's like trying to land the fish, and he finally gets it in. And uh, you know, it took two of us to take a picture of it. It did. It took two of us to take a picture of that fish because. It was it was a big fish on as you said on a measuring board, and I don't think Peppy, I don't think you got bungees on that board, or at least at the time, I don't think you did. Well, um, I, what happened was I did have bungees on it, but what happened was the fish was fat that it wouldn't oh, yeah. fit inside the bungees. There you go. <laughs> there oh you my go. god! Yeah, yeah, it, was it wouldn't a fit. It was an over forty sure. inches. It was over yeah. forty inches that fish. It's just like Justin, just like the same fish. Pretty much the same size fish that I caught with you and with Alan over there. Pretty much the same same size fish like that. I mean, that's ridiculous to try to measure a fish by yourself when it's that big. I mean, it's it's almost impossible yeah. to tell you the truth. Yeah, it's it's not fun. You know, you, you got to get out or you got to be able to stand up and stay anchored and have somebody stable you and hold the tail. It's it's a two person endeavor for sure. Yeah, but, yeah. and but you know what's cool about. Uh, tournament fishing with a buddy is, um, you know, at least at least you kind of have that safety blanket, so to speak, in case, you know, something's going bad or, some, you know, you have uh, a big, big fish on a board and you're really kind of nervous about taking your hands off it or whatever because you don't want to, you know, possibly lose the fish off the side of the board or whatever. Um, it's just, uh, it's it's crazy, man. I mean, I, I, I wish I knew that feeling. <laughs> For whatever reason, uh, I have a curse on me about fishing tournaments. Um, I can go out and do real well the, the week before, and then the, whenever the tournament comes around, I always just suck it up. So I live vicariously through you guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's true. I do, it's, hey. just, it's just luck sometimes, man. It's I, saw, I call it like it is. Listen, I don't fish a lot of tournaments. You guys know that because, A, I work a lot, and, B, I got the kids, but – um, the tournaments I do fish, I've, I've absolutely have sucked in <laughs> just about all of them. And, uh, but w- one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight, cause this is, you know, this is one of those things, dude, when I talked to you on the phone, Justin, right after you won, all right. If, if I had just won 
the IFA in Jacksonville and was given a certificate to, to join the Hobie team over in uh, Amsterdam, I would have been shitting my pants and, and I, straight up. Like I wouldn't have been able to I keep mean, it together. Like I would I have been <laughs> on top of the world. Okay. So, so I call, so, so you call me and you're like, dude, and I, I call you, I called you and I was like, dude, congratulations or whatever. And you're like, yeah, man. He's like, Justin sounded like he just walked into a grocery store, bought a, a $1 scratch off ticket and won a ticket. Like, no big deal. <laughs> Who gives a crap? Like, and I was like, you know what, though? That's why I like Justin. That is why, that's one of the main reasons why Justin and I get along so well, is because there are a lot of people in this industry, a lot of people, especially in the kayak world, that need to learn to, to eat a, a slice of humble pie every so often and calm it down if you're not. Am I lying? <laughs> uh, I like humble yeah. pie. It tastes good. Peppy, Peppy. <laughs> Am I lying? Yeah. No, you're completely right. I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, we... <laughs> Justin, Justin won. About... Justin won probably, not probably, Justin won... Probably, yeah, the most important kayak fishing tournament in the state of Florida this year. Truly, if you, if you want to look at it as, if you want to look at kayak fishing tournaments as stepping stones, okay, you won the most important tournament for the whole year because it gives you that right to go to Amsterdam and fish on a, on a world level, all right? Sure, it's cool to go out and fish a normal tournament, win a couple hundred bucks, maybe a few thousand dollars, whatever, and you get a little bit of exposure for it. But you get to fly over to Amsterdam and fish against some of the best fishermen on the planet. That's right. That's that, right. Like, it's like the, the, the Adventure Fishing World Championship and all the other, the other tournaments that we have are great tournaments, but you're not fishing against a global a global. Uh, uh, league, a global group of people who are at the top of their game, and, and yeah, exactly. After yeah, and after and now after winning the tournament, of course, gaining getting the money. Money's nice. Everyone loves money. You won a power pole. That's pretty yep. awesome. Yeah. You also you also get to go to Amsterdam potentially. I'm sure you're going to take advantage of that. But oh, of course. How do you, you? And the other thing, Chuck, maybe you know, maybe you know a little bit more him about this. Also, I don't know how this works, but I know when you go to Amsterdam, you will have your own boat, Justin. They will have your own boat with your oh, yeah. name yeah, on they, it. They rig, they rig everybody with the exact same PA twelves, rigged exactly the same, probably with turbo fins, and I think everybody gets a fish finder. And I'm not, I'm not entirely and sure, it, but they, yeah, all the boats. Is that all your the, boat to keep? Is it your boat to keep when the tournament is over? I, I don't know how no. that works, Peppy. Be honest with you, I, I don't. I don't think so because of logistics. But at okay. the same time, you you get over there, you've got a big American flag on the side of the boat, you got your name on the boat. Every boat's got a power pole micro on it. Every boat's got a fish finder on it. Yep. Every boat's completely rigged out, and every major worldwide coverage magazine, online resource, whatever, and Hobie being Hobie doesn't doesn't chintz on anything. 
is got coverage of this entire event. So while you're over there and you're, you're doing your thing, we'll all be sitting back here, brother, rooting you on and, and, and watching from the sidelines and just, cause it's going to be, it's going to be such an amazing opportunity, bro. And, and I've, me and you have talked about this for a while now, Justin, me and you have talked about uh Hobie team or, or whatever and pro staff this and pro staff that. And, you know, we, we've, 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 I think we've had more than our fair share of conversations about this. That, here's the thing that a lot of folks don't understand. And, and, and I, think that, I think that after this experience, you're going you're gonna to be you, – you already are, but you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna see it more – that you're going to be on such a different level when it comes to that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, I'm not blowing your head up. I'm just telling you how it is. Crushed it this year. You've done a great job this year. You, you, you fish like nobody's business. I, dude, I remember fishing with you when you're in a, in a Malibu. You're sitting Indian style and you're, you know, paddling around <laughs> Indian style in a freaking Malibu like, like a boss. And, uh, you know, and you, but you fish hard, right? You do. You fish hard. You're really, really talented. But the one thing about you, man, that I think sets you apart from so many other people is you are not arrogant and you are not cocky. And, and at the end of the day, you have to, you, you, you got to keep that about you, man, because that is like, that's what, that's what makes spazzy spazzy. That's what makes you, you, you know what I'm saying? Because nobody would, no one would ever in a million years suspect that, that, that that in the way that this this industry works or the way this industry goes that uh that you're as talented as you are because of the fact that you don't you don't portray it you know what i'm saying does that make sense to you yeah it does do i mean i'm i was i was taught growing up to you know be on an equal playing field with everybody like whether you know if i owned a company but i would always say is like if you owned a company and you were the president of that company and you hired somebody that was 18, fresh out of high school, didn't have any experience, and, you know, logistically on the opposite end of the spectrum, would you want to treat that person like he's nobody, or would you want to treat him as if he's going to go places and end up at your level? And I was like, I, I would want to, you know, I want to make him feel welcome. I want to make him feel like there's opportunity and that there's a chance to grow. He's like, that's the thing, is that regardless of what industry that you work in or what you go to school for or what you do in life, to to just be equal with everybody, whether, you know, whether they're 100 steps ahead of you or not. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if you're doing what you love, then, then there's not a ranking system. There's not somebody that's higher or lower or whatever. You're just a couple of guys that love doing the same thing. That's right. That's it. That's right, dude. So and that, that's, that's that's why I say like it, it feels it feels good to do a memorial tournament and honor a great guy that passed and get a hug from him while the guy's you know bawling his eyes out to feel like yeah you know I did something right. The money is whatever. The, the first place is cool. Like that's that's cool, but that's not what I'm going to remember. What I'm going to remember is his face and what he said to me. What I'm going to remember is you know giving Vicky a kiss on the cheek at the captain's meeting and. And, uh, you know, just shooting the shit with Mark Kresick and all the Banks guys and having a beer. Like, that's what I'm going to remember. That's what I want to tell my kids. That's what I want to keep doing because that's what makes me happy. It's not about the fame, you know. And I think everybody needs to know that. I think, I think a lot of people do. If people have been doing this for a while, they know it's not, you know, it's not about 
getting your face and getting ahead and being better because whatever. Like, you're always going to have something that somebody else doesn't have. Just own that. Pepe, you got things about you, man. You're the cigar king. I can't, I probably can't do a whole cigar without my stomach getting upset, and I don't want to let anybody know about it, but, but dang, man, you own it. Like, you own that thing. And, and Chuck, you're just, you're well-versed. Like, you carry yourself really, really well. You know, you, you have a good public image about you. You're a kind guy. You're a wealth of knowledge. And you're, like, creepy funny. And I guess it works for you. <laughs> so, I, you know, like, everybody's got this thing. And and I I don't know. I guess I'm, I'd say my thing is I, I like hanging out with people and I catch fish. Like, I just, it's simple. I don't know. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm glad I'm creepy that's funny. I, I, don't think I, I don't think I've ever been told I was creepy funny before, so thanks for that. that that's good. I'm One of those guys, that. you could stare at somebody. You could stare hey, at someone dead, deadpan, serious, and people will laugh at you, and you're like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> kidding at all. And people think it's hilarious. Uh, you know, yeah, but Justin, will you have good? Go- will you have good? That's you have good going for you right now, man. Let me tell you, man, you are fishing your butt off this year, man, and you're doing real good. Your name is getting out there, the whole stuff. Everybody knows who you are now after just winning this Jacksonville one. And on top of that, you're going to Amsterdam and all this stuff. But what you have good going for you, man, is, is the way you fish, everything that you do, your skills. You're humble, you know. You're humble like Chuck, Chuck is saying, and you're not cocky. As long as you keep up that way and you're a good guy and you keep up doing what you're doing like that, man, let me tell you, man, you're going to have doors opening all over the place because that's what companies want to see. All the companies want to have a guy, you know, that they don't want somebody out there that's just tooting his own horn, you know, every two seconds. They don't want that. You know, these companies, I'll tell you that right now, these companies do not like guys like that. Um, well, they like guys you, like you, that you do your stuff and, and just, you know what I mean, and stay humble and, and everything will happen. It will happen. Well, I'll tell you what, um, we've, it's, no sec- it's no secret that Justin belongs on the Hobie fishing team. And, uh, you know, we did everything within our power at KBB to get him on board for this year. Unfortunately, up until now, God only knows after this, but, um, up until now, you know, it was, it was a matter of dating and it didn't, it didn't quite pan out or whatever, um, because of the way that Hobie does things. So, um, but I know for a fact, dude, that it's there, it's going to happen. And and I'll be honest, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm crazy pumped to be able to have you on board as a teammate in the future and uh, really looking forward to seeing what you guys do over there in Amsterdam. I think you're going to have a great time and dude, you're fishing for some crazy crap. So that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, you get to yeah, go I've... fish for, I think you're fishing for like hey. pike and some kind of uh it's almost like a walleye, but different. I don't know what the hell they call it. Xandar. It's called or some a, crap like that. Called, yep. It's called Xander. And it's essentially their version of a walleye or a sauger or something like that. And perch. Yeah. Um, Never caught any of them, so it's going to be going to be a learning curve. It's pretty cool. You know, and like um, I say, and Pepe said it too. I mean, we I've been around in this industry for a long, long time. I know talking to you, you know, you want to work in, in the fishing world and whatever. And you know, it's it, you're you're it's rare to find people like I said, and, and I keep going back to this because it just happens. Chuck again? Oh, hey, I, I can hear you, man. Keep talking. Okay. Keep do uh, guys do a few tournaments, whatever this, that, and the other. And next thing you know, 
people are 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 betting on him and 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 then and the next thing you know the guys are are kind of standoffish at captain's meetings and such and dude you're just you're not that's not even your personality i don't think it's even uh i don't think it's even uh a, a possibility for you to get that way i think you're just you're just too mild-mannered and too cool to uh to get to get that way but you know what man at the end of the day we're talking circles and we're pumping your head up and, and, and what I'm really just trying to say is, man, congratulations. Um, you know, anytime that somebody from the space coast kayaking or crew wins a tournament, we all feel like we won. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We yeah, always root exactly. for each other. And that's the thing about it. And, and Peppy and, and Alan and I have always said that when we go away to different tournaments and like we do the adventure fishing deal or whatever. Um, if, if, if I, if me and Alex couldn't win last year, uh, you know, we wanted Pepe and, uh, and Alan to win or Wade and Randy or, you know, any of our boys. And, and it's just, it's cool, man, to see how many of the, how many of our own guys, our own boys are doing so well. Just, just like you're saying, Chuck, just look at this year, the East coast, uh, the both tournaments on the East coast of Florida for, for the IFA this year, we swept it. SCKA swept it. Yeah. Um, Chris, Chris won the first one, not just to win the second one. We swept it, yeah. <laughs> which is a good, you know, good to, good to see, you know, in our group, you know, that we that we have the class of fishermen that we have in our in our group. You know, it's it's awesome, awesome to see that. Yeah, man, we've got we've got ground zero here. We've got the best training ground to do, you know, sight fishing, blind casting, whatever, any kind of technique you can think of. You know, all of the opportunities are here in the lagoon system. Like uh, anything, any kind of situation we've got to deal with. Now, tides are a little wonky when we travel someplace else, but, you know, when it it comes to stalking fish and figuring out patterns and highways and whatnot, we've become very detail-oriented where, you know, as we travel and spread out, that's why I make it a big point to, to go to West Coast and skip the mangroves for snook and, go fish the beaches or go offshore down in Pompano or do crazy things because I want to, I want to do two things. I want to one, just learn new skills and techniques to fish for different species. And two, I want to figure out if the way that I do things on the East coast can be done better on the West coast or can be done better on the Northeast coast. Like there's things that guys do down in Miami that if they apply it to the panhandle, it probably blow the panhandle's mind off. Like, you know, there's things that we do here on the East Coast and, you know, in the lagoon that if the guys down in southwest Florida who, you know, when they get the right tide and they find a group of happy redfish and they're loud and they're stomping around and they're like, yeah, man, these reds were happy. Oh, look, there's tails everywhere. They're making all this noise and they get two reds. If they learned what we know on our coast and applied it there, they would catch ten fish. So that's what I want to do. I want to become well-rounded and, and, and teach people that, the things that each region has that's like makes that region special, if you can master that, then then you're just going to be a well-rounded angler. So that's why you see me travel. That's why I always invite people, and I'm like, I'm going to go do this now. I'm going to go do that now because I want to be able to say, like, yeah, I, I, I went off the panhandle uh, in the middle of March and got a big 60-pound cobia, or I went down to the Keys and, and fly-fished from my kayak for tarpon. That is on my bucket list. You know, just crazy stuff like that. And, and the beauty of the Space Coast Kayaking Group is the fact that, uh, you know, we all kind of we all kind of feed off each other w- with knowledge. I mean, 
you go over to the West Coast, you do your thing. And if I had questions about the West Coast, I got an, an outlet. I don't have to call a dude that lives on the West Coast and say, hey, man, can you give me kind of like the, the rundown of what to do over there? Because quite honestly, sometimes you don't get uh, the, the information you're looking for, you know, the, the, the legit information that you need. So, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, that's that's an interesting curve. Well, I, well, I got to say about that is, uh, you know, when I started kayak fishing and I didn't know a lot of people. And anybody that starts fishing, I know there's probably people tuning into the radio show and chime in on the chat room. When you start getting information and that learning curve can be really tough. When you start from the ground up, you know, you've got to grit your teeth and, and be persistent and be polite and, and experiment and talk to a bunch of different people. You know, you fall down and get right back up because I had a lot of times where I was just trying to learn how to tarpon fish and how to rig and basic information and nobody would share it with me. I spent well over a year or two just learning information before I could actually apply it. And sooner or later, the more people you meet, the more you show your face, there are people on the West Coast and people that, you know, they recognize you. Hey, I think I saw you at this one tournament. I'm like, yeah, what's up? And you chit-chat, and then you have a resource to use in that area. You know, we, we befriend people when we go down to AFWC, and, you know, everything down in Chukalusky and the Everglades, we meet people that are kind of new to the area, and we, we share techniques and tactics just by, by being polite. <laughs> and, yeah. and over time, you know, the more consistent you are at asking a lot of questions, the more people are going to recognize you and be like, you know what, you really care about this. Like, you're really passionate about this. Oh, yeah, I'll help you out. Everyone wants everybody to catch fish. <laughs> so. Yeah. That, that comes with the time. It's a, it's a tough learning curve. I see a lot of new people on Space Coast that send me a message or, you know, or find me when I'm either at your shop and, like, I, I know you, you know, and and I, I chat with them, and I I know where they're coming from. I was there not that long ago, and I know how long it's going to take for some people to, to start being successful or what they want to do, and I'm always happy to help. Like, yeah. I, I've been there. It's all about helping everybody out. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and honestly, I mean, like, one of the things, uh, you know, Alan, Peppy, I, uh, Wade, the wolf pack, if you will, you know, whenever we get together and we fish together, it's very interesting because I don't know if the other guys notice it, but so, there's a lot of times where I, I'll just almost stop fishing and just watch. And, and, I, and I'm watching, like, Peppy work, work as uh, – work a jerk bait or work a soft plastic of some sort, you know, and watching his technique. And I look over at Alan and, and see what Alan's doing. Look over at Wade and see what Wade's doing when he doesn't check out and paddle off like five miles away from us. But, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> it is too. Man. That guy's like a marathon paddler. But, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's really, it's really interesting uh, to, to see the dynamic that we have now uh, here on our coast which makes it so easy for, for new folks to come in and, and really kind of pick up real quick what to do and how to do it. And, hey, can I tag along? And, and, and you, you never, you'll never hear me tell somebody you can't follow me around. Um, even I, I, I might joke around about it before a tournament or whatever. I might say, yeah, no, you're not following me during a tournament. But, um, you know, in, in reality, uh, it's, the, it's the reason why I started Space Coast Kayak Anglers, man is because all I wanted to do with the other group was just try and help people become better fishermen. And I got chastised for it. So, you know, it, it, it was, that was my motivation for it. And to see it 
to where it is now, dude, is it's such a remarkable thing. I mean, take Chris Flores as an example. I mean, straight up, like honestly. And Chris, Chris wouldn't mind me saying this stuff, but take Chris Flores as an example. Two years ago, Chris couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And if I pointed out a tail, he, wouldn't, he, he couldn't see it. It's, you know, it's, and I'm not being rude. It's just true. He wasn't very good. He, he just he didn't have he, he lacked the basic skills of, of flats fishing, which is fine because, you know, he'd never done it before. I mean, he lived in California and he fished in California for trout and bass and whatnot. So um, and he did a little bit of river fishing, but I got him into the kayak stuff and and the guy just took to it like just like wildfire, man. And he turned out to win a freaking IFA this year. So, I mean. You know, in, in two short years, he probably has learned from fishing with guys in our group. He probably learned from fishing alongside of other anglers what would have taken him 10 years to figure out, honestly. And, and, and I say the same thing for me. Anytime I fish with Peppy, anytime I fish with Alan, I, wow, I never would have thought about that. Like, the way that you approached uh, sandbar, the way that you like Wade is is notorious for usually catching. He usually almost always catches the first fish of the day, and and I've I've watched him now for you know the few years we've been we've been good buddies and and he's got a technique. He does the same yeah. thing every time. Yeah, he holds he. He hauls ass in front of you so he can get to school before everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes he does, but other times he, he'll find a break. He'll find a drop. He'll find a ledge. He'll find whatever, and he, and he knows. If I, place my, if I place my, and I think he usually throws like a pearl white with chartreuse tail first thing in the morning, you know, that he'll, he'll, he'll catch a fish. Not not long ago, probably I would say maybe six six months ago or so, I went out by myself and I was fishing an area where we've been known to go and frequent. And I did I did exactly what Wade usually does in the exact same spot, and I pulled out a nice twenty five inch redfish. And it was just like, but I never would have thought for a second to stop and fish this spot, you know, prior to fishing with Wade. I never just would have ever done it. But, uh, yeah, you learn these things from, from these groups, and, and it's just incredible, man, to see the, the, level, of, uh, the level of talent that's, that's, uh, that's here in our, on, our, on our, little, our little chunk of real estate over here on the East Coast, man. It's, it's really, really cool, and everybody has something to contribute, which is what's awesome, you know. And I hope that that sometimes translates out, out of the show, and that's what I really want to be able to translate through the shop, is that I just want people to walk in and feel like, man, I can come in. And I don't have to buy anything. I just want to come in and learn something. So if Peppy's hanging out or if you're hanging out, Justin, or if, if anyone's hanging out, Steve's hanging out, any of those guys, um, you know, people can feel free to ask questions and learn from us because it's just, that's what it's all about, man. At the end of the day, it's, it's all about just making everybody a better fisherman around you, man. That's what it's all about. But I don't know. What the heck do I know? So let's see real quick. Uh, I want to back up real fast, see if I can find it. And I don't think that I can. Perhaps maybe I can. Let's see if I can back this thing up and see. Because I know that our boys that went down south put it up here. So let me see. Nope. Oh, can't. The, the, the results. I can't retrieve hey, it. I want to point out, um, Mike, Mike Welsh had kind of a 
a tough time down there, man. He's hooked up. Boat breaks him off. It's a king on. King breaks him off. Like, I can't catch a break during that tournament. <laughs> I was going to get you know, to that. I was, I was going to talk I about so that. Pissed. Yeah, I yep. was going to talk about that. And here's the thing. I've never, and, and you guys know, I've never fished down south off the beaches from a kayak. I've never done it. Um, I've, I've spent many, 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 many hours out on the ocean in my own big center console and other people's boats and such. So I'm well-versed in, in offshore fishing. It's just I, I haven't done much of it from the kayak and blue water terms. Off our beaches, I've done it. But anyhow, so um, I watched his video of that fish taking off towards that boat. And, that, and, and quite honestly, that's bullshit. I mean, the guy, the, the boater was, was certainly close enough to see Mike, first of all, boat up on a fish. You know, and when Mike's yelling at him, if you could, if you even think that you yelling at him, they're going to be able to hear you. You know he's close. It's a GoPro camera, so you can tell by the fisheye lens that he's close. So you know that that's one of those things, man. It just it just kind of sucks. I mean, there's that unfortunately down there that just must be kind of like par for the course. You know, it would be interesting to see if you can get a group of a group of guys together down there that maybe started something like maybe you have. Maybe you have a, uh, uh, what do you call it? Maybe you have a flag, a certain color flag or something that you display when you're hooked up so people know to stay away from you or something like that. Perhaps that might be something that could be utilized during, especially during a tournament situation down there. Maybe you've got a, uh, you know, a PVC pipe uh, that you bring with you, a PVC pole that you bring with you, and it's got a certain color flag on the end of it. And when you hook up, you stick the thing in a rod holder or whatever. So people kind of at least acknowledge the fact that you're hooked up because that sucks, man. But on the flip side, I really, really, really hope that that guy ended up with all of that, all that braid in his prop and up into his impeller and, and just destroyed his lower unit. So that would be funny. <laughs> that that would be that would be pretty funny. But the the second fish, yeah, that that's a heartbreaker, man. It looked like he was kind of foul hooked behind the gill, maybe on the side a little bit. With the, with that stinger, um, yeah, that's that's kingfishing, dude. Those bastards have such such soft skin, man, and their mouths. If you if you don't get that live bait hook in his face, and he's only hanging on by that uh, that treble hook, it's so easy to uh, to pull that hook loose, man. That's just one of those things. But yeah, at least you went down there, got some bites. That's that's cool. Uh, so let's see. Somebody said, somebody just put it up there. Shallow water assassin said Michael Wood took first place in SummerSlam Part One. He caught two kingfish. Total weight of twenty six point four pounds. Two snakes um, for thirty five hundred dollars cash. Jeez. Wow. When's the next? Yeah, yeah. Two two small kings. So when's the next tournament down? Is in August, I think, is what Ed said. Anybody? Yep. I think it's August. We may have to go down uh, there. I, I don't know. We have yeah, to go down there. Space Coast take reigns, reigns offshore supreme. <laughs> take the title <laughs> home back to Space Coast. Be like, yeah, we don't just do the shallow water stuff, man. We do it all over. <laughs> It'll be fun. You know, and August 16th, he said. Uh, Drew got spooled, or almost got spooled. Oh, and uh, Ed almost got spooled. He did. Yeah, Andrew sure. got spooled, I think. I think he... he he says he couldn't stop the reel. He says he could not stop it. There was no way of stopping whatever he had on. 
That's crazy. You never know, man. That, yeah. that ocean. It's one of the things. It's, that's why I love blue water fishing. That's why I will turn down fishing a flat any day of the week to go offshore. I, I love fishing offshore just because you could be pulling along a live bait or pulling along a ballyhoo. Next thing you know, it could be a 15-pound little weehoo or it could be a 90-pound water. 80. I mean, it's just, just yeah. no telling. So, you know. And it was interesting. I was talking to uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll get to this point. We'll probably end on this point. Um, because this, this happened a couple of times during the, uh, during the tournament, uh, Allen's tournament. If you fish a tournament and you catch a fish that is of the same species in which you're required to catch for the tournament, if it's four inches long, you should probably take a picture of it regardless. <laughs> Just saying. Because, you know, if, if you don't and you come back in and, only, and they're paying out through ten places – and you brought in a four-inch fish, you're right, not literally four inches, but you know what I'm saying, a small fish, you, you, you pass up an opportunity to, uh, to take home some cash. And there was a couple of people that came to the, the weigh-in at Allen's tournament that caught small rat reds and did not take pictures of them. And one guy in particular caught two 15-inchers, which would have been, a, you know, obviously a total of 30 inches, and he would have placed in the top ten. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Up. And I, I, and did. I don't. I, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying. I, I did. I got like two seventeen and eighteen inch fish, and I didn't take pictures and weigh them in. There you go. <laughs> there you I go. Did, and I just, and, I, and, and so I'll tell you, people. I don't know. I didn't think about it, dude. It's just and so I, small. And I'll tell you another one. I'll tell you right now. I'll even tell you his name. Who it costed a lot of money. It costed him about eight hundred bucks. Not taking a picture of a fish. I'll tell you who it was. Steve McNerney. Well, no, no, no. Six spot no, red. Yeah, but I don't think Steve paid the ten bucks for the Calcutta. Oh, he didn't get in it. I don't think he got in it. Well, he should have gotten in it. <laughs> it's one of those things, you know. It's like yeah. that's an eight hundred dollar fish. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he got in it because if you got in the Calcutta and you caught a fish with six spots on one side and didn't take a picture of it, something's wrong with you. I mean, that that's. <laughs> That's pretty. That's pretty awesome for any spot tournament. Six six spots on one side is pretty impressive. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just one of those things. It's like um, you always, always, always have to take a picture of the fish. But if somebody else did. Oh, Alan, didn't Alan do that at one of the Tropic Bay? In the tournament. Yes. He didn't. Yeah, he yep, didn't take a picture of a trout or something like that, and he and he would have placed. Yeah. Yep. You just you never know. And and here's here's. Well, a great it, it happened to us, Chuck. In a way, it happened to us, us two, in the first AFWC tournament. We didn't know that the trout that we caught would have counted, and I caught that fish and threw it back. I didn't take a picture of it. it I remember. Me. I remember telling you to take a picture. <laughs> I remember saying, "Take a picture." I said, "Take a picture of it." These guys are whitewater guys. They're putting this tournament on. They don't know what the hell a speckled trout looks like. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, you know what's funny though is um, Mike uh, Mike Ortigo from Tackle Webs came up to me and he was like, because we were talking about that, and he goes, I got a great story for you. He says we were fishing a Grove Slam down in the Keys and we caught a tiny little wahoo, like just legal wahoo, little tiny wahoo, and uh, we said the hell with it. We threw it in a cooler <laughs> and took it into the weigh-in and. 
we won the Wahoo division for a check for eight grand on a little huh. tiny, like a like less than ten pound Wahoo. Oh you my ne- god! Just, <laughs> just, dude, but that's the, that's tournament fishing. You never know. I watch. Listen, I fished a tournament down in Sebastian, down at Squidlips. I fished an offshore tournament down there, and we came in. We were kind of bummed. We had just a couple small fish, a couple small dolphin. They were maybe. 15, 16 pound fish, whatever, like something like that. And we're like, the heck with that, man. We're not going to, I'm not going to embarrass myself and pull this little peanut out of the box and try and hang it up to get a weight on it. Come on. Like, really? So we go park the boat. We come back to drink at the, at the after party and the tournament's over. We walk over and look at the leaderboard and we would have, we would have, we would have played second. (laughs) We would have played second with any one of the three fish we had in our box. And I was just, I was just sick to my stomach. And, and that's the thing though. And, and I was talking to somebody who, who didn't, um, who didn't take a picture of their fish too. And he's like, I just didn't, you know, I, I would never have thought, you know, and I said, you know what, man, I understand it being your first event. I, I totally get it, but you, you got to, you always have to take a picture of those fish, regardless of where you end up placing, you know, just always take a picture of those fish. Cause you never know. You just never know. Justin, you would have you finished in the money, dude. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? And, that, and, and, and it, it is what it is, and I understand what you're saying, because I, I probably, honestly, I probably would have done the same thing uh, if I caught a little 14, 15-inch red or 16-inch red. I may, I may have done the, the same thing with the first one. Or, of course, the, the, ever, uh, the ever-present forget to put the freaking token in the picture that oh um, wade poor poor wade everyone take a moment of silence for that for that trout for that red that he got in the morning it didn't didn't have the token well <laughs> yeah wade wade did that i did it on a trout or an emily tournament and i've watched i think peppy's the one that showed me he takes his uh he takes his token and and, and uses that clip right you still do that Pep? yeah i have a binder you know those binder clips that they they're, that are they just sew it off as deep and all this stuff one of those binder clips yeah. i had that on my board yeah. The whole time. Dang. It's on my board. So it's a good idea, man. I mean it keeps the it keeps it right there in your face. You know it's there. So you can't forget it. You know, if it's hanging around your neck, it's and you're in the heat of the moment, man. You just you're just thinking about getting that fish on a board and getting a picture of it. Sometimes you you just you know, you forget, especially if it's first thing in the morning, you're wiping crust out of your eyes. But um I started sure. doing the same thing that Peppy did, man. I saw that and I was like, That's genius and so you know, from here on out that's what I'll do. But all right, folks. Well, we're going to get out of here. It's 924. I think I only have a few more minutes as far as that. Yeah, five minutes and 56 seconds. So, uh, Justin, man, once again, congratulations, bro. Crazy proud of you, man. You did a great job. We look forward to uh, following what goes down with you over in Amsterdam and then also, too, just following your uh, your fishing career, man, seeing where it goes. And uh, next week what we're going to do, we're going to talk about ICAST because ICAST is coming. And uh, if you want, feel free to join us back here and, and call in, and we'll chit chat a little bit about what guys can expect who are going to ICAST or listening to the show. Um, and uh, that that'll be good. So, but uh, with that being said, Justin, you want to uh, you want to say thank you to any of your sponsors, and then uh, or uh, anybody give anybody a shout out, and then we're gonna follow that up with uh, with Peppy there. So Peppy, you just follow right in behind him. 
Yeah, yep. man, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to move through quick because I got a lot of people to that I've talked to in the past two days. It's not necessarily just my sponsors, just a lot of a lot of products and a lot of companies and, and things that I'm I'm trying and, and doing that I really like and deserve honorable mention. Um, I'm a big big fan of Bull Bay rods. Like I've always wanted one. I've kind of been a closeted Bull Bay guy, and I, I just finally spot one, used it. Um, RCI Optics, Chuck, you got me on it, and I prefer it hands down over two or three different brands I've used. Uh, Tail and Toads, Procure, Hobie Kayaks, uh, everybody at the shop, you guys, KBB, Kayaks by Bo, Tom and Lynn. Um, got uh, uh, Temperate Tides. I'm writing with Preston and a bunch of the Southwest guys and some Southeast guys. Uh, just writing a blog, doing our adventures and just different things in the media and following up with what's happening to ICAST and tournaments and events that happen throughout the state. So Preston, everybody at Temperate Tides, got to give them a shout out. Um, and just the person out of it, I think is his last name, with Wild Ford Outdoors, guy's a godsend, like really, really cool person. Just nothing fishing related, but let me crash on his couch, eat pizza, watch videos. Steve's awesome. Um, and that's it, man. <laughs> Steve is awesome, dude. No, seriously, listen, you guys know that, uh, of course, Rob DeVore is one of our, our, our really, really good friends. He used to be one of the hosts on uh, Kayak Fishing Radio, and, uh, but he, and he does some amazing video work. Dude, Steve came by the shop the other day. I don't know if he showed you, Justin, what he's been working on, but that guy is crazy talented with a camera and editing. And he, he is all about just going out and following you around and, and videotaping you and wanting to get kind of a feel for what we have here and show it off to the world. He's very, very passionate about showing off our local area. So I'll, I'll throw Steve's name out there. If anybody out there is listening to the show and you live locally or you live in Central Florida, and I'm going to take it. Kind of shadow Hello, you. Sorry. What's that? No, I'm sorry. You're breaking out. Go ahead. Oh, if uh, take advantage of it for sure. But uh, Steve wants to go out and follow people around in video. So if you're out there and you want to maybe get some video shot of you and, and some photos and stuff like that, he, the guy is just like all about it. He's ate up with it right now. So um, make sure to get a hold of him, man. Steve Lester out there on uh, Facebook. I've got, I've got one more real quick before I forget. I can't believe I didn't say it any sooner. Mr. Ricky Banks of Banks Lures. Just just doing crazy stuff and coming out with more innovative products. Like he's coming out with that pimpin' shrimp, and I was able to try it out and got a solid big red on it on the day that I needed it the most. So Ricky, Susie, uh, they're both just amazing people, really, really sweet talk your head off in all the best kind of ways like they're they're going places i'm really happy to to be fishing with their products and, and trying stuff out like i love hanging out with those two 90 seconds there we go gotta do it hey let me thank my sponsors here let, let's get this done real quick um native watercraft powerful aquabound harry good slayer ink lure sea deck kbb outfitters kayaks by bow hook one yak attack ram mounts tailing tools rci optics and there's Herrera Stelly Cigars. Without you guys, I couldn't have come in second place this weekend. Thank you very much, all my sponsors. Thank you. By the way, those cigars are absolutely incredible. Pepe gave me one to smoke the other day. 
It was awesome. I got 60 seconds on the clock. So I'd like to thank, of course, Hobie Kayaks, RCI Optics, Tackle Webs, Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks, Egonets, ENO, Adventurous Custom Rods, Power Pole, Slayer Inc. Lures, Bending Branches, Intova Cameras, and Sea Deck. Justin Ritchie, man, appreciate you joining us tonight. Please thank you, feel man. free, brother, anytime to join us. Call us up. Give us some, drop some knowledge on our listeners. We definitely appreciate it. Peppy, as always, brother, it's always good to have you. Thank you so much for Thank being you. a part of the show. And uh, with that being said, I think we're going to roll out with uh, just the old school and uh, exit music. We've got some new music coming for the next couple of weeks. The kids are getting restless. It's way past their bedtime. Cool. Good kids fishing in the future of our sport. God bless. Be safe. We'll see you guys next good week. Good night. All right, night, guys. Good night. See ya.